Hey everyone, this is Levi. How are you doing today? If you hear a little rattling noise in the background, it's because I am currently driving and recording this at the same time. Not an ideal setup, not an ideal circumstance, but hey, you gotta do what you gotta do, right? I just wanted to take a second to record this and preface this episode by saying thank you so, so much for your support. The amount of support that I received in the weeks leading up to this first unofficial episode has been absolutely outstanding, amazing. I'm just blown away. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here. And I hope that you really come to love this show. It's, It's for you. So thank you. And as a special treat for you, I decided to do this kind of unofficial episode for you to have the first listen onto what kind of vibe it's going to go for. And we're back on Raspberry Lemonade. I'm here with my friend, my best friend, Mickey Ramirez. How you doing, man? How you feeling? Nothing but love, peace, and chicken grease, Levi. <laughs> okay. Good to know. You're not diabetic, right? I am. I forget. You are all day. I just got diagnosed recently. I I forgot if it's hypo or hyperglycemic. There's a difference. Interesting. So like no sugar? I don't know. I don't know which one I am. I forgot what he said. I wasn't paying attention. That's kind of important. I know. You should should probably pay attention to that. I really should. All right. Well, we're going to just have a chat amongst friends today. A little more casual setting. Yeah. Just talk about, I guess, still kind of related to business, but... How we're feeling as far as our new ventures that we're trying to do. How, how are you feeling today about how your business is going? Right now, it's going really, really well. Um, the summer's heating up to be a really, really good one. Literally? Yeah. <laughs> Climate change, you know. We're just rocking and rolling. Um, I, I need more employees now than I ever have. And, you know, it, it doesn't look like it's it's slowing down. I feel like the pandemic kind of sparked more work for us than ever before. Yeah. Yeah, you guys but have been super busy. What about you, dude? Like, okay, that's one of the things that I've I've been wondering because, you know, we did film the other episode talking about, you know, my almost 10 years into this industry. But, you know, you as a 27-year-old, you know, new entrepreneur was kind of finding his calling in real estate and other mm-hmm. little ventures. How does it feel to have been a decade into the american kind of working like the workforce yeah the workforce and then going from that employee mindset no shots taken uh, to now wanting to either be your own boss or, or be the boss of several other people oh it's definitely a taunting feeling sure. scary as heck <laughs> <laughs> yeah because i mean I've, ne- I've never had that experience really I've always had trouble too with delegating things. I've okay. kind of always had a, I need to do it myself mentality. If you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. Yeah. That, that kind of thinking, um, which in some things I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. Not entirely. Right. But uh, that's definitely been something I've been working on. Um, learning to do that, to delegate certain tasks that even if the person isn't going to do it like at a hundred percent of like how I would like it, even if it's at like, what, 75%, 80%, that's still pretty good. And that should be good enough for me, right? Because 
if I am able to do that, then I have more time to do other things that I'm actually good at. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing is like, I I wonder that because like I said, me, it's kind of always been what I've been into or what I've wanted to do. And then we got, we got pushed into this, this uh, lifestyle of being, you know, self-employed and now business owners. And, and in your case, you know, what were the things that either held you back in the earlier years and then how did your mindset change, I guess? Because that, that really interests me. Yeah. You should be my co-host, bro. These are really good questions. <laughs> um, what changed? Uh, no, well, I want to know what your mindset was before. Oh, what it was before. Okay, so yeah. before... Because, I mean, that's the general public's mindset. 98% right. of people do that. They, they, yeah. they work a 9 to 5. It's okay. Nothing wrong with that. But their mindset is always, you know what, as long as I've got enough to pay for my bills and... Go out for a nice steak dinner, you know, once a week. I'm a happy camper. Right. You know, and, and that's a good way to live. But in this current ec- economic climate, you know, the the world, how, you know, it is, I feel like it could be a little irresponsible to, to live like that, knowing that there's so many trials and tribulations ahead, financially speaking, yeah. for, for the, the great majority. Right, right. So Okay, so before, yeah, I guess you could say I'm probably like the poster child for that because... I, you know, I would, I went to school and at school they always told us from, I remember as far as back as sixth grade, man, mm-hmm. sixth grade, it was a promotion day and, uh, like a week prior they had asked me to prepare a speech, uh, be one of like the sixth grade guest speakers, I guess, or, or something. Oh, you were one of the kids that bored everybody. In yeah. The, well, no, that, in a hot yeah. And that's the thing. I didn't want to be that guy. Right. <laughs> so I was like, no, my speech is actually going to like say something. Right. Not going to be the same school. Like, yeah, we've grown so much and, you know, the future is bright and which I am pretty optimistic, but that's good. But, you know, the point is that I, I had that uh, assignment given to me. Yeah. And I, I still have the speech written somewhere. I know I had, still have it somewhere. And because it was so being so instilled in us at school. Yeah. That was basically what I talked about, you know, growing up and going to college, like having good grades to go to college and, and college, college, college. Like it was, saw you rolling your eyes right now. It's exactly what I think now. Right. Like maybe I'll be a dentist. Yeah. Maybe I'll be. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But funny enough, going into middle school and then, you know, my high school career, I never did terrible mm-hmm. at school. But I knew I wasn't trying my best either. Okay. Like, I was just doing enough to get by. Somehow I would get A's and B's, sometimes a C. Never got any D's or F's like that because I knew that the standard was to get good grades, right? I didn't know, like senior year, right? Fast forward to senior year. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. I didn't know what career path I was going to take. I was very confused. And after graduation, I went through a bit of a depressing depression period because I was just i didn't know i had no idea i felt so lost yeah uh at i the still same remember you when i met you yeah like that's a year after graduation you were just like this uh white-eyed kid with uh honda accord i think you were driving this little green honda accord yeah it was a uh, ford escort is what it was ford escort it yeah. was like some old little green car <laughs> and you know i i met you that's that's what always kind of struck me is you know i see these people i'm i'm a social person but i have my insecurities outnumber my confidence is a uh, hundred to one. And in your case, you know, you try to push this? yourself into being more social, talk right. to more people. It's always been the narrative. 
And I always wondered how could somebody like me who's had all these fears, you know, been cantankerous at one point, want to be my own boss, but this guy who's got all the makings of an entrepreneur kind of just wants to, you know, press the cruise control button and coast through life. Yeah, yeah. You know? Which I didn't know you were that depressed. This is something right. that we found out later right. in our friendship. Exactly. So then, yeah, that's kind of where I was at, right? And yeah. uh, after graduation, I kind of figured, well, I don't want to go to college. I knew that much. Mm-hmm. By senior year, I was like, I don't want to go to college. I don't want to be doing basically the same thing for another four years. And for everybody's reference, Levi graduated 10 years ago. And, you know, 10 years ago, the world was not what it is now. So there was still a lot of hope for people with a degree that said they could do something. Right. Yeah, yeah. That was still very much a viable option. Definitely. There was a lot of opportunity still in those those days. Exactly. But like I said, I knew I didn't want to do college, Mm -hmm. mostly because I just I really enjoyed high school, but not because of like what I was learning necessarily. Although I did find I always loved English and creative writing and that stuff. You know that. You're a poet. Yeah, <laughs> poet at heart. Uh, history also was super amazing to me. I just, it was always very interesting. But like science, not so much. Yeah, it was cool, you know, learning about, you know, the mitochondria being the powerhouse of the cell and stuff like that. But <laughs> Because it does, it does amaze me, yeah. right? But it wasn't something that was necessarily in, super interesting to me. And other subjects as well. Like I just, I didn't care much for them. So I didn't want to go to college for another four years mm-hmm. to literally repeat the same thing, essentially. Uh, actually, maybe even a little harder because the courses in college are harder. Yeah. And another thing, like we didn't have the money. You know, I know my mom could have probably found a way to help me out uh or you know take out a loan through her name or something but i knew that i didn't want to go to college so why would i have her go through that yeah right and so i was like well the only other option is i guess join the workforce yeah and that's what happened about six months after i graduated high school uh, in a very by fluke chance or by fluke whatever the phrase is i found my first job which was a kind of funny experience because I wasn't necessarily applying or I didn't apply rather to this specific job. Uh, I met a psychiatrist at <laughs> a local Starbucks while I was doing some uh, volunteer work. Like we all have, of course. Of course, right? That happens Everybody every day. Psychiatrist at Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was a very interesting kind of way of me finding who would be my first ever employer. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea what it meant to be a psychiatrist assistant. I thought I needed some sort of schooling, at least, you know, to understand the terminology and all that. And now actually thinking back, it's not hitting me until right now. I guess I always did have a little bit of a bug then to kind of fake it till you make it in, in some things. Yeah. Because I knew I had no idea what, like sepsis was i had no idea what like certain psychological terms were i definitely didn't know the hundreds of yeah hundred (laughs) hundreds of uh like medical uh what do you call it like the medicine that they would they would take the the pills and all that yeah but i was like shoot i need a job i think you could call it like a curious mindset yeah yeah, your your curiosity you didn't just want to wonder or daydream about what could be. You also want to just throw yourself into it and see if it, if it could even be. 
Exactly. Like ex- experiment, right? Experiment, like, explore. Like you said, fake it till you make it. Yeah. So you can have the opportunity to explore. Yes, exactly. So that's yeah. what happened there. And I kind of had already knew this too, but I was like, let's give it a shot. That I knew about myself that I was very much a people person. Yeah. And I was not going to survive behind sitting behind a desk for eight hours a day, oh, five, five days a week. My first job was uh, being a secretary at an insurance broker's oh, office. Oh, that, that's as boring as it gets. Oh, my goodness. The amount of hours I would spend on Facebook at the time and Instagram was, <laughs> I just got over social media for a while after that because it's just, it, it kills your spirit. Yeah. Being in a fl- under fluorescent lighting yeah. in a grid tile cubicle kind of situation. Yeah, like the... Mm-hmm. Like Look, that one world in uh, Fairly Odd Parents, what's it called? With uh, all the boring with the pixies? People? Yeah, with the pixies. Yeah, with the pi- That's exactly what it is. It's those environments are meant to kill your spirit. Right. And I could I couldn't bear the thought of that myself. Yeah. You know, that was my first ever like real job with the W two and everything. And to this day, it's just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. You yeah. know, I didn't even know that about you until just now. <laughs> <laughs> That's my first. That was my first job. That's crazy. I and didn't know that. Ugh, I hate. I worked two weeks in that. I made like three hundred dollars. I was like, I'm out of here. Just like this isn't worth it. I'm oh, out. Oh man, yeah. So there you go. I mean, I guess to answer your question, my mindset was that. Yeah. I have to work for my money. I have to. Like a very good boy. Yeah, like a very good boy. You know, clock in, clock out, and. Uh, Sam needs his cut, dude. That. Like I had heard, right? Yeah. Like the the adults telling me, like, "Oh, you just wait. Like you think you're gonna get paid five hundred dollars for your first job, but it ended up being like two hundred dollars." And I was like, "What? I worked for a whole week. You're like know? fifteen bucks an hour. That's six hundred dollars a week. Right? I'm gonna make it. Yeah, exactly. You get your you get your three hundred and twenty dollar check, and you're it's like, like, where's what, all where did the it money? all go? Yeah." It's for your social security, Levi, because they're not bankrupt or anything. Right. <laughs> yeah, which of that I also knew at the time. I was like, this makes no sense. But anyway, aside from the fact. Where's that money going? Man, who knows? But uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much the mindset that I had at the time. So, I mean, I know personally, okay, one thing that, that I'd like to share with anybody who's listening is the biggest thing for me, the biggest game changer for wanting to be wealthy. I don't want to be rich. I don't want people to look at me and say, man, that guy's got it. I don't want to impress anybody with what I've got, you know. And by that, I mean wealth is so different. Wealth means that your money works for you. The most groundbreaking phrase I ever heard was actually when I was watching Batman, The Dark Knight Rises. Nice. Uh, Great film. There's there's a part in the movie where Christian Bale's Batman um, goes broke because Mm. Bane, I don't know what he did. He He shorted the stocks or he froze the stock market. I forgot what he did. Point is, Wayne Industries is broke or Wayne Manor is bankrupt. And Bruce Wayne is his net worth is like zero or something. Yeah. And wasn't his house also like blown up or something? No. Here's the thing. Yeah. Uh, What's her name? Selena Kyle, a.k.a. Mm -hmm. Anne Hathaway, asks him, hey, like, how's it like to be one of us? Yeah. Because you're broke. Remember, you're Batman. I mean, you're you're Bruce Wayne and you're now worth nothing. And she said, how's it like to be one of us? And he said, oh, well, the um, they're letting me keep the house, this Uh mansion. They're letting him (laughs) keep his mansion. And she said a phrase that changed my life. She said, wow, the rich don't even go broke like the rest of us. Ooh. And I said, wait a second. What does she mean by that? And I, I didn't get it until we started our family business. And my father, you know, we weren't making a lot of money. And, and we were living in my dad's house. And we didn't have enough money to pay the mortgage. My dad 
went ahead and signed some paperwork with the state of California. Before we knew it, we had been pardoned. Two years later, we had been pardoned 24 months worth of mortgage payments Whoa. by the state of California. They said, don't worry about it. We'll cover it. What? We're not Bruce Wayne. That yeah. Our house was in Wayne Manor. But that's when I realized this is wealth. Mm. The fact that you can have certain assets that you can leverage or you can keep yeah. because it's it's a property or it's an asset that you that, that, that gives you as a person or your, your company. As an owner. As an owner, mm-hmm. some kind of worth, some kind of value that people don't just rip out from under you. Yeah. And that's what that that was for me was mind was mind blowing. It was life changing. The rich don't go broke like the rest of us. Yeah. So I said, okay, how do I get there? Gotcha, gotcha. How do I stop making six hundred dollars after working all week and supposedly making twelve hundred? Yeah. Where, where can I become this wealthy person like Bruce Wayne? Mm-hmm. Right. Of course, I'm not there yet, but you know, working towards that now, I know a lot of things uh, in regards to tax uh, deductions and everything that have changed my life. Yeah, you know, pivoted my life into a much better standard of living because I, f- I found out uh, so many different things. So now, in your case, what was that Anne Hathaway or that that quote <laughs> that hit you that hard that said, "You know what, Levi? Wake up, smell the roses. Things have to change, and not soon, immediately." I have you to blame, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Literally thank you little. for that. You recommended a very popular book to me, which. <laughs> I think you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Everyone on this podcast, if you have not read or listened to the audiobook of that I'm about to say, do yourself a favor. Invest in yourself. Like, what, five, eight bucks max, I think, the book costs? Something Rich like Dad, Poor Dad. I will Rich repeat. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I, I read that book for the first time, I want to say three wow three almost four years ago something like that right about three years ago at least and i don't know how else to put it but that i was completely mind blown after reading that book yeah like my perspective on we'll start with with rich people with uh money itself with uh just being smarter with your finances like it just was like wow like this i didn't know this was this it was like a whole new world Right, that I had never seen. It was always right in front of my eyes. There's and a there's a podcast uh, with another gentleman that's like he's super duper rich now, and he's like a Christian. And I know a lot of the, the lingering mindset for a lot of people would be yeah. uh, money is the root of all evil. Mm. Which that's not what the Bible says, by the way. Yeah, and it, this guy goes ahead and corrects that mindset and says the love for money is the root of all evil. Mm-hmm. And Robert Kiyosaki highlights that in his book as well. Right. Would you say that maybe that remark that general idea from people kind of affected the path you took in life in the beginning oh most definitely because yeah and then you just said the phrase the whole phrase is the love of money is the root of all evil and i think there is some truth to it because if you're not careful yeah then yeah money can be the most like your priority in life and then you forget about your family you forget about your relationships with your friends with it all falls apart, yeah. right? And then also not knowing what to do with the money also I think has part to do with it because you always, you, I mean, you've heard of like hedge funds kids that, you know, are on drugs and partying every weekend and they're just blowing their money. Right. And it's because of that because they don't, they don't know what to do with it. Like they just have this asset that they just don't know what else to do with it. 
They don't know how to love people. Exactly. They they love pe- they love money and they use people, not the other way around. Right. And it's a very sad life. Exactly. So I, I could definitely see how in the you know, few years ago that was definitely a, a limiting belief that the incorrect kind of mindset right. or interpretation of exactly of that, of that saying. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, but since and, and when I actually heard it in the book it kinda like triggered me a little bit. Yeah. Um but I was like, you know what? Let's hear this guy out. I, I've always tried to, and I pride myself in trying to have an open mind. Okay. Because everyone has an opinion. Everyone has a perspective. And that's okay. They might be right. They might be wrong. But maybe the one thing that they say can actually benefit your life. Yeah. And you implement it. Why not? Right? Yeah. And would you say that the book gave you a couple slaps on the back of the head? Oh, for sure. <laughs> you know, there's there's things like, hey, you know what? If you just have a job, you just have your nine to five. Again, nothing wrong with that if you're listening to this. Yeah. But he mentioned, and it's a very very tough set of words. It's basically Russian roulette. Yeah. With, with money, because mm-hmm. you don't know how to do anything else with your money. You don't know how to invest it. You don't know how to turn a hundred dollars into two hundred dollars. Right. So. You're just going every day hoping that you can stretch your hound out at the end of every work week and get that paycheck. Yeah. You want that security, but it's like, don't you understand that anything can go wrong in life? At any given moment, they could just be like, or sorry, you know, we miscalculated, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, you're going to have to let you go. Or your pension is gone. Yeah. Just, just like that. And you know, like Thanos snapping his finger. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So was that something that kind of contributed? I mean, aside from those, so we talked about money being the root of all evil. Quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Now we talk. Now we're saying, you know, uh, that Russian relay thing with just having a job, one stream of income. What other things kind of really just said, "Whoa, Levi, what have you been doing this whole time, and how can we pivot and turn this around?" Uh well, I think it also helped that I, around the same time, mm-hmm. I think I had already started to date. Right? You were yeah, dating. Yeah, you. I was dating already. So, I was kind of, for lack of a better word, forced to think of the future and i knew with the job that i had at the time like that was not gonna cut it for two people yeah you know like it was not gonna be enough just it was barely enough for me yeah there was no way it was gonna be enough for now me and and uh who i was hoping at the time would be my wife and she did end up being my wife Uh, yeah that's a whole other story (laughs) uh so that definitely also was a a factor i think Mm. thinking about okay well you're getting to know this person you want to start a family with them yeah but as the future head of the house how are you going to support your family how are you or what are you doing to you know take care of that right and at the same time well i had my own securities i still kind of do i've gone a lot better but i really dealt a lot with i'm not good enough yeah with that those thoughts uh, and I think for a while, for a while, that was the biggest, I'd say, obstacle to overcome myself, okay. my my own negative thoughts about me. I, I still have a hard time figuring out where exactly it came from. Uh, but I know it started somewhere in my teen years. And having those thoughts kind of led me down a path where I t- started having uh, certain um what do you call it? Addictions. There we go. There you we'll go. Put it that way. Mm-hmm. And obviously falling into addiction, like 
that only makes you feel worse. It doesn't make you feel better, right? No. So it was it was never a never the solution. Right. It was a terrible loop to be in. But I wanted to get better and I had gone better little bit by little, but uh it wasn't where I needed to be. Yeah. That's why I think it was really hard for a while to believe in myself. Really, that's what it came down to. Like believe that I could do something different, believe that I could make something work. Yeah. Cause I had no proof of concept yet. No. No, and and I think that's that's one of the things is uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but being in the Latin community, it's unfortunately uh, most of the time that bucket of crabs mentality, where mm -hmm. you tell a grown up your dream, could be your parents, could be an aunt, an uncle, even your grandparents, your big dreams for the future. You live in this country full of opportunity. Yeah. And you express your dreams to somebody, and what what is the predominating thing that they will tell you, Levi? They'll tell you that it's hard. Mm -hmm. it, they'll tell you. No, you can't do that. Or it's not safe. Or, I mean, what else? Just the first things that come, you know, off the top of your head. Just yeah, that, things that you hear. Just that. I mean, I could, I could, again, I could, this is from me thinking of my family members, you know, yeah. when I told them kind of my dreams. Uh, you can't do that. Um, you need a steady job. Uh, you want to get married? Okay, so... You need to be making a lot of money, which, I mean, that, that one kind of makes sense, you know, because you want to take care of your family. But the way that they were kind of telling me or advising me to go about it, yeah, it was very, very traditional. And like, well, what if I don't want to do that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I think that's bred out of, like, I, like, like we mentioned in the, in the other uh, episode that we recorded, it's escaping a country with no opportunities mm -hmm. or even if you want to have opportunities, you'll get murdered. If you try, if you get a certain, get to a certain social economical level. Right. So escaping that and coming to this country, a steady job with a steady paycheck is a dream compared it's a step up. Yeah, it's for a, sure. And it's an enormous upgrade to the, the, you know, decay uh, of, of lifestyle. That is the unfortunate pattern in most, in most countries. You know, you, you, all you can aspire to be is just rich enough to eat every day, which is really sad. Yeah. And so definitely. jumping from that to this, a safe and steady paycheck is the way to go, baby. Like what else could you possibly want to ambition in life? Yeah. Like there's nothing more than that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, again, that's the real reason why most of the Latin community and other communities, uh, Indo-Chinese, et cetera, uh, only see a steady job with a steady paycheck as an option. Because they're not the affluential demographic of this country that has had a 400-year head start in. Right. Now we've got all these contingency plans, this enormous economic cushion. I can go backpacking in Europe for 20 years and come back to a five-bedroom house in the hills. That's not the case with us. Mm -hmm. So because of that, we make it in the sense that we have a steady job, steady paycheck, but then dreams die past that. There's no other dream. There's, no, there's nowhere else to go but, but there. That's right. the top of the hill for most people in, in these kind of immigrant communities. But now, how did you break from that? What were your first steps for yourself? You're emotionally speaking. And then how did you get kind of into like real estate and everything? That, how did that tickle your fancy? For the emotional stuff, it just got really bad, man. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, but like it just got really, really bad. And I knew I had to do something about it. Mm -hmm. Eventually, I just got tired of feeling that way yeah um i was never one to try to bring others down though mm -hmm. because i would never want anyone to feel bad about themselves or, or their 
you know, whatever they're going through. Yeah. But when I would come back home and I was alone in my room, all that would come back to me. And it was just, it was, the silence was just loud in my head. Mm-hmm. And so finally, uh, I took a chance on going to therapy. Nice. And that was the beginning of, you know, first making sense of the thoughts in my head. Cause a lot of the times I think, especially if you've been having a certain way of thinking of things for a while, mm-hmm. you kind of just take it as like, well, that's just how it is. You're or, not self-aware. Right. Exactly. There's self, there's no self-awareness and you just kind of accept things. Yeah. Uh, so going to therapy really helped me. It was it was an interesting experience because I thought it was going to be <laughs> kind of like the stereotypical lying on down on a couch and how does that make you feel? Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was nothing like that. So if anyone out there ever thinks that they need to, you know, go to therapy, by all means do it. Don't don't let your fear of what others might say or think about you stop you. Go take care of what you need to take care of in your mind. Uh, because your mind is like the most important thing to protect. Mental health is important. Yes. So I did that. Yeah. And I was able to make you know sense of a lot of things. I was able to get to know myself actually as a person too. Uh, like why I do certain things, why I react a certain way to certain things. Uh, that which was also very helpful. And yeah, I'd say that was the beginning of it. And then what was the other part of the question that? you asked i said now how did you're you're talking about your self-awareness right right you're understanding why you tick the way that you do why you're wired that way mm-hmm. but now understanding that how did all of that kind of snowball into you saying you know what real estate is a good is a good avenue or a good vehicle for you know wealth uh, accumulation right okay well again it goes back to that book again rich dad poor dad where he, he covers that you know yeah like what is it like 90 percent of millionaires or something have real estate really like even if it's not the main thing but that's where most of their assets are or a lot of their assets are where their wealth is yeah yeah their wealth thank you and uh i was like oh well that's cool i didn't know that but i didn't had no idea how to do it myself you know i was like well okay good to know like now i know there's something i could do in real estate at some point uh but i didn't i don't think i had like the missing pieces yet right to to actually start doing what i'm doing now and so how that that book helped me in so many ways because it really it reminded me of me being excited like when i was going for to school when i actually enjoyed the classes and like because i you know when you're a kid you absorb everything it's like everything's so new everything's so fresh and it's like it's it's exciting i loved going to school in in elementary school because every day it was like ooh, what am i going to learn today you know yeah totally yeah and i had that feeling again after reading that book that i hadn't had since i had graduated high school i wonder yeah and like mind you like see i graduated in 2013 Mm -hmm. and i read that book like about three years ago so i was like what 2019 end of 2019 or beginning of 2020 yeah so that was like seven no yeah like about seven years of kind of going through the motions but would you say you regret it or would you say that that, that would that seven year period was necessary to start becoming the person that you're becoming now? I don't regret it. Good. For sure. Okay. Uh, I think like anyone out there might say like, 
I wish it would start sooner. Would have been nice to buy Bitcoin would've, seven years ago. Yeah, and I had the <laughs> chance to, bro. I, I definitely have did. FOMO, bro. But it's okay because now I know what that life is like too. Yeah. You know, and and if I ever in the future want to start giving up, mm-hmm. then I can remember how it was, how bad it was, how difficult it was, and that I definitely don't want to go back to that. Yeah. Awesome, dude. And honestly, like all I want to ask now is you're saying you went through a lot of negativity, went through a lot of self-doubt, went through a definite soul searching experience to get to where you are now in your mindset. Let's be honest. We're neither you nor I are at an economic point that we'd like to be yet, mm-hmm. but we're, we're working hard towards that. Yeah. Right. So for you, what is your outlook? Where is Levi and all his business ventures headed? What's the end game here? The end game is I just had, well, I guess I've known this all along. Yeah. I've known it all along where I, I like talking to people. I like helping people. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it just it brings me so much joy to to see that something that I did helped someone and made their day or good. Which is why I try to be as positive as I can, right? So I think now, like literally recently, not too long ago, I, I really had that as a one of my core values, if you will. Like that when in whatever direction I go, whatever venture it is, that has to be a part of it. I have to be helping people. And I have to be able to make them happy somehow. And uh, which is why I started like the podcast, which is why I started doing more content on, on, on Instagram to, to try to be motivating for people to see that, you know, they don't have to feel bad. You know, like uh, I, I know like my closest friends, poor, poor, poor you, poor, you know, my other close friends, <laughs> they, they've gone through real hell from from their childhood from their teenage years through their adult life and and i know they're still struggling in, in some things but somehow like you guys you guys are honestly my heroes <laughs> like i don't understand like i would have given up forever ago right so you know having you guys as my closest friends that kind of reminds me too like of why i want to go this route because you guys basically were the model for me. Like, even though I knew I had the knowledge of you guys going through all this stuff. Yeah. And you still somehow managed to be nice to people and you still somehow managed to make people's days. And I'm still here, baby. Exactly. So I was like, that's what I want to be for everyone. Yeah. And, uh, as far as the real estate thing goes, well, I think it's a very good route to take to start creating. No fear of, Due to current events uh, in the world or, you know, the, the current market crash. Oh, dude. Yeah. No, that's, that's, <laughs> oh, that, that's scary as heck. But how are you turning that fear into something positive? Because you're going stronger now than ever. Yeah. Uh, well, not, not necessarily ignoring the fear because I think fear is good. Fear now, is good. now I realize that, you know, that yeah. fear is a good thing. Let's go back to the dark night rises. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's how you use it. Yeah. It's, it's how you decide to confront it. Okay. And so even though I'm super scared of going into this thing, you know, head on, I also realize now the uh, opportunity cost of not going into this venture and not going down this journey, even if it ends up biting me in the butt uh, somehow, like I will definitely regret not trying. 
if I don't do it now. And to anybody listening to this, just remember, if you're doubting yourself, if you think you can't do it or can't make it on your own, when you're old and you're sitting in your deathbed and your family's standing around you and it's your final moments, are you going to regret not taking that internship? Are you going to regret not starting your own Instagram influencer page? Are you going to regret not starting your own business because somebody told you that you weren't good enough? Or that you couldn't do it? Or that you couldn't do it? Or did you tell yourself you weren't good enough? We're talking to Levi right now, and he's saying that he's, those are things that he had to fight with. Or is there somebody you know that struggled a lot more and they've made it out? Think about them the next time you feel like quitting. Levi, do you have any other closing uh, comments to make? Just, I, I went to a mastermind recently, which for those who don't know. Mastermind? Mastermind. It's uh, essentially like a convention of, you know, like-minded individuals and we all kind of there's keynote speakers and they kind of tell their story and like where their business is at and things like that and that's what's up yeah it's it's pretty cool uh and my biggest takeaway from that mastermind future flipper shout out to future flipper was to just take action in a matter of a week bro that i've been consistent it blows my mind how much in just one week like i feel like the Levi from today and two weeks ago are two completely different people. I like that's how that. it feels. Well, that's good. Keep yeah. that positive mindset set up. I mean, and then again, to anyone who's listening, just remember that it, either, even if you feel if you're not pretty enough, smart enough, tall enough, fast enough, you don't need any of those things. What you need to do is get a head start on it today. Stop exactly. watching Netflix for four hours and start reading a book for 30 minutes or even less start in small increments. Like, yeah. For for me, that was one of the, my struggles too. Like I, I don't like sitting down to read, so I started doing podcasts. There so I started doing audiobooks and like you know on the little drives home to and from work or even during work sometimes if it was possible. Yeah, I think that's good advice. Just start doing, start making little changes here and there. Become consistent with them, and those changes will grow. And then before you know it, you're you're going to start feeling and literally being a completely different person. Build good habits, love yourself, get started. That's all I can say. That's it. This is Mickey Ram signing off with... This is Levi. This has been the Raspberry Lemonade Podcast. You guys are amazing. Keep up the good work. Try your best. And stay saucy. That's it. That's it.